Welcome back to the Don't Stop Me Now podcast, where being negative can be a good thing and being positive can turn the world against you. Hello, I am your HIV positive host, Ms. Jennifer Lee Bond, and this is episode 79. I just was telling my YouTube audience that I just started my official spring break like literally 90 minutes ago. And um, I have a hot hookup tonight with my situation ship at around 9.30. So I wanted to get this done before I swallowed some edibles and became completely um, useless. So just a couple things that I wanted to um, go over before I got into why I'm doing this podcast tonight that I had no idea I would be doing. But I've got a story to tell that is just too good. It's just too good. It's a dating story. I don't want to give too much away. If you follow me on Instagram, you kind of know a little bit about what's going on, but I basically just teased it on Instagram and said I would tell the full story here on my podcast. Um, A little update about Jeff Antchuk, the guy that I had the huge crush on in high school. I think it's been three weeks since I requested to be a friend of his on Facebook. He has still not accepted my friend request. (laughs) Still. (laughs) And I feel like he sees it and just won't do it. But maybe he just doesn't go on Facebook. That is possible. Some people don't even know where to find that information anyways. Some people just don't know that they have like a notification for that. So maybe he just doesn't know to see it. So I'm kind of hoping for that. I am not reversing it at this point. I refuse to um, cancel my request. I'm going to keep it there. Even if it takes two years, three years, I don't care, whatever. Jeff, I'm here. Say hi. It's been a long time. I need to have a real conversation with him. I need to know, I need him to know the turmoil that I went through when I was 14, 15, 16, whatever, when I was just dying thinking about him. My God, I loved him so much. Hugest crush ever. Um, I wanted to talk a little bit more about my, I'm not going to do YouTube comments today because I don't have them prepared. And I just really wanted to tell this story. So, um, but I will say that I wanted to talk about my brother for a second and his cats because he chimed in. A lot of people wrote to me and said, in fact, one girl, Brian, I forgot to tell you, she said that she lives in Arizona and she'd like to have a, a cat friend that's a man. So I, I need to find that message. And I don't even know if you want me to give her any information about you or whatever, but she was moved by you being an awesome cat guy. So anyways, my brother wrote to me the other day after hearing my podcast where I talked about his feral colonies that he's taking care of. And he gave me a little bit more precise information about like the past that he, you know, the cats that he's taking care of in the past. And, you know, I neglected to say TNR. I just said trapped and released. There's a very, very important letter that I missed. And that's the middle letter N, which means neutered or spayed, depending on the sex, obviously. Um, But it's trapped, neuter, release. So what we, obviously, this is what people do if they care about cats and, you know, stopping the freaking population of these poor animals because they just suffer and the babies suffer and it's just the saddest shit ever. Um, even the males suffer who aren't fixed. I mean, they're just, they're, they're uncomfortable with their big giant balls. They need to be fixed. They're unhappy. They're fighting constantly and they just are trying to you know, to get laid constantly. It's the saddest life for these cats. And then the girls are constantly getting knocked up. The babies, you know, get eaten by things. It's just their life expectancy isn't long. It's just, it's very sad. Um, But he said, so yeah, I did do that. The, um, in the very beginning of COVID, I took it upon myself in Brian's name. Honestly, it was like, this was my birthday gift to him because his birthday was um, 
April, God, oh my God, no, you're not April, you're May 30th. It was May 30th, but I think maybe that's when I started it. Yeah, I might have started it around that time, but it was like, that was my gift to him. Like, I'm going to do this, Brian. There were all these feral cats in our little park near where I live. And I'm like, I'm going to find every single one of them and get them all fixed. And that's where Benny and Olive came from, from one of those um, litters. And um, yeah, I was able to get a few other ones adopted out. And then, of course, there was a pack that went back to the park that a lady feeds. Unfortunately, several of them have been, have been hit by cars. It's just so even even if you do the right thing, their life is still not easy, you know, living outside and not, you know, that's in so even in someone's backyard of their house, you know, these cats were in a park. So, um, anyways, he says, as far as my feral colony that I used to, f used to feed, I only fed once a day at night. That is, he said, there was another guy that I have to, oh my God, I can't read this. My, it's darker than I thought. Can I lighten my screen up a little bit here? Don't, where's that option? That's volume. This is brightness. Of course, it's all the way up. Um, he said, okay, I'm just going to do my best here. Um, there was another guy that fed them in the morning. He said, so Bella, the one that he just had put down, was the last one of the California cats, which was Ace and Bella. So Ace was the one that um, went out of his um, trailer or mobile home and did not come back. Um, he said, every one of the cats I have now, except for Ziggy, who I found in the street nearby where I live, is from inside my mobile home park. Mostly feral cats, but some belong to my neighbor. I have a blink camera system, and I also use it to look at the cats at um, at the food or litter box or whatever. Ha ha ha. He said, by the way, my neighbor offered me a cat named Ella. She said, it looks like Bella. It doesn't. She asked if I wanted it. And I told her absolutely not. I told her to check back with me in 20 years until then I'm done. I have way more than I ever wanted already. He said, for the record, I have 11. All are fixed. And of course, I'm sorry about Finn. I just shut all the windows, the blinds, because I was just about to start recording and he was going ape shit about something outside. Like every time I go and look, there's nothing out there. So whatever it was passed, but he's like, he's in his like dog moment and he can't like, he can't stop himself and he just keeps barking. He'll go on for 15 minutes and there's nothing there. So now he's, he's starting it again. This is so annoying. Oh my God. Okay. I'm going to shut my door. Um, so let's see for the record. I have 11. All are fixed, of course, plus somewhere around 10 outside um, five of which I have trapped and had fixed. In my 13 years of tending the feral colony in California, um, he says, I think I trapped, neuter, released 14 cats, and that included Ace. Since I've been in Arizona almost three years, I've had 16 cats fixed. There's a, still a few more that I'd like to catch and fix of the outsiders. And he goes, yeah, you know, I don't typically go online shouting from the rooftops how many cats I actually have because let's be honest, as you said before, not married, no kids, and then you add a ton of cats. It's like the male version of the crazy cat lady, also known. Oh, he said, as a loser, you're not a loser, you're awesome. He said, still, I love all the cats and it is what it is. The guy that came to euthanize Bella, I didn't even realize that the person that came to euthanize my brother's cat, I mean, that's a very emotional moment. I didn't realize, Brian, that that was with another man that was there. And that's honestly very sweet. I just assumed it was a woman. 
um, because that's a really vulnerable place to be when you're saying goodbye to your pet. Um, it doesn't matter what your gender is or how old you are. It's uh, very emotional. So, um, but he said, the guy that came to euthanize Bella, I was telling him about all these cats and I said that I never worked that it never worked out for me getting married or having kids, and somehow I wound up with this cat situation, quote, unquote, that I really, I'm walking down the same path, Brian, don't worry, <laughs> I'm right behind you. So um, that is what I wanted to update you about my brother, and now let's just get right into it. Okay, where do I start? Let's start with Bumble. So... I matched with a man on Bumble, which I always feel is a little bit like nicer than Tinder. Like I think in general, there's more guys looking for relationships on Bumble. It doesn't feel like so much of a, a meetup app. Um, and just for sex, it just seems like the guys are a little bit more quality, possibly. Maybe this is just, you know, wishful thinking, but I think that's kind of what it is. Or at least I think that's what most people think it is. Um, so I matched with this guy. Um, God, I didn't even think about giving him a different name. Hmm. I'm, I do want to give him a different name because I'm going to give a lot of specifics about him that will make it easy to find him. I think if I gave him, um, if I gave his real name, so let's call him, um, okay. It's going to start with a T because his name starts with a T. Let's call him. I'm going to have to write myself a little note because otherwise I'm going to keep calling him the other. Well, it doesn't matter. I probably won't say it very often. Let's call him Tom. How about that? We'll call him Tom. Okay. So I matched with Tom and I, I will say, and I don't know how I was telling my mom about this. I'm like, I'm not really sure how to say this without anybody like taking this the wrong way. If I say this to my daughters, they always get like super offended. Like, why do you say that? Okay. I have never dated a black guy. I'm just going to say it. I haven't for whatever reason, I've never been drawn to black men. Okay. There I said it. It doesn't mean I'm a racist. It's just what I'm attracted to. And I don't feel bad about that because I think if the rules were reversed and it was a black woman saying, I don't date black white guys, I'm just not attracted to them. No one would have a problem with it. But I feel like I'm going to be in trouble for some reason if I say that. But that's it. I haven't. And that's my history. I have never dated a black guy. He is black. Okay. And he has in his profile that he's African-American. I do think he might. Ha well, he has he speaks German. So I he definitely has. I think his grandma was from Germany and i I didn't ask, but I'm assuming she was white because there he, I don't know. He's like lighter, I guess. I'm trying to think of like what his, what he, who he kind of reminded me of. Hmm. Let me hold on. I want to say Tay Diggs. Am I really like going too far with that? I feel like that name seems possible. Let me see what that guy looks like. Cause, uh, and I was intrigued, but wait, that's not who I thought Tay Diggs was. <laughs> There's an athlete that came up. Um, yeah, I don't even know who to compare him to. I just was like, I liked his smile. I thought he had super nice facial features. He had no pictures of his body. It was just um, face. And I liked his profile. So we matched. This was all last... Um, it was about nine days ago. So I'm a little unclear on the pre, like the beginning conversation, but, oh, no, I, no, I do remember it actually. No, I do. It went really smoothly. We said, hi. I mean, like, I don't have it right in front of me right now, but I remember it came right. It was like almost immediately we like decided to meet. He was like, you mean you might want to meet? And I'm like, 
like, why not? The thing was, is that Joey was going to be in Santa Cruz Thursday night. She was going to the Catalyst, not the Catalyst, to the Blue Lagoon to watch a band and she, her car's in the shop and she didn't have a way home. So I was like, okay, I'm going to tell this guy, I, this is my situation. I have to pick up my daughter late in Santa Cruz. I get off at six. You're all the way in Carmel. What do you think of that? And he said, and for those that don't know, Carmel is the opposite direction. I'm kind of smack dab in the middle in Watsonville. Carmel would be like another 30 minutes, basically south of me. And Santa Cruz, not smack dab in the middle, but Santa Cruz is 15 miles or 15 minutes north of me. So he says, I will come to you. It was like a no brainer. It was so easy. He was like, no problem. I'll come to you. I was like, really? Okay. Where would you like to meet? You know, and he said, "What? You know, you're hungry. We can go to dinner." I was like, "Okay, that's like most guys don't do that. They're just like, you know, coffee dates or <laughs> meet at my apartment. Basically, there's never like dinner offered or anything." But I have to tell you, I was kind of too nervous for um, dinner, but I would have had an appetizer and maybe like a drink. So we um, we decide to meet in Santa Cruz at like seven thirty. And, um, we're kind of, he's like, he sends me his ETA. He's on his way. I mean, this all happened very quickly. I think we matched on a Wednesday and we were meeting Thursday night. And that's after just a little bit of chit chat, maybe Wednesday night into Thursday morning. And then we had a date planned that night. And I was like, okay, I'm like, so, okay. And I have to tell you from his pictures, he looked like great smile, by the way, loved his teeth, love his lips. He had a nice nose, um, nice eyes couldn't tell if he had his hair because he had, um, he had, um, hats on in every picture. I'm just going to have to ignore fit. I don't know. He's still going. Um, he had hats on every picture, but you know what? I don't know. There's something about a black guy with a bald head versus a white guy that I could be okay with the black guy being bald versus the white guy. Um, so I was kind of okay with it, but I, I'm looking at his picture right now and I was like, yeah, he's cute. Like I sent it to several people. What do you think? What do you think? So um, and I'm like, okay, he's obviously okay with a white chick. I mean, I don't know. I, you know, I still don't know, honestly, if he normally dates white girls or not. We never had that conversation. But, um, so I can't, from what I can tell in the pictures, his face looks very nice. And I, the, all the pictures are very active. One's like on a mountaintop somewhere is like Yosemite. So he looks like he's into like, you know, exercise. It said he's very, well, I think in the, in the bio, it said like it asks about like your physical fitness level and it says very active. So I'm like, okay, he looks super fit. Oh, and I had asked him, I said, you look really fit. And he said, and I was waiting for like the, um, oh yeah, like I'm really fit or like, oh, you'd love my body or just something, you know, I don't know, just something that would turn me off or he would send me a, a body, you know, a shirtless pic. But instead he said, I take care of myself. And I was like, oh, 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 do you now? I'm thinking, okay. I don't know why that answer just was like, yes, that was a great answer. It made me feel like he's keeping it mysterious. He's probably got the best body ever. He knows it, but he doesn't need to flaunt it. He can just say, I take good care of myself. And that was all I needed to hear. You know, he wasn't going to send me a D pick or anything. He just, you know, was leaving that there. So I was really looking forward to seeing and he said he was 5'11 so I'm like okay he looked like a runner he had like like to me in the pictures he looked like he had a runner's body 
real lean, but that's just me guessing based on like some shoulders that I can kind of see and just a neck and a face, you know, face looks trim, you know, so I'm just basing on that. So I get to Santa Cruz, I park, um, he tells me he's on, he keeps telling me what street he's on. And I'm like, I'm like, okay, but what are you near? I'm like, I don't know streets in Santa Cruz. I know Pacific Avenue, but like, he's like, I'm on Laurel and something. I'm like, oh my God, I don't even know. I'm so, I'm trying to find, I'm like nervously punching in street names on my, um, my mobile app. And it's, you know, I don't know what it is with these mobile apps or the, the, the maps. I feel like sometimes it shows you the map upside down. Why am I so, why is it so hard for me? It's so hard for me with these maps. So I feel like it's upside down and I'm do, I'm walking the opposite of what I should be doing. Like, why is it not clearer? I don't know. I feel like I'm the only one that has this problem. So then I'm trying to put in those street names. I'm literally shaking because I'm afraid he's going to see me because I don't even know where he is on the street. I know he's near somewhere, but I don't really know where he is. And I don't want to be caught off guard and walk right by him while I'm fumbling on my phone trying to figure out like which direction to walk. So I, I was literally walking the wrong direction. So I realized I needed to turn around and go back about two and a half blocks. So I'm walking down. I'm looking. I'm looking. Do I see this guy? And I, of course, I've got this image in my head of this like you know, a guy that's my height, probably built, not like me, but you know, thin, but with, you know, he's like, I'm thinking fit, like thin fit, you know, like a runner. And that was my, you know, my bad, because we don't, this is what we do on these dates. They're blind dates. And we do envision something that we really hope for. And then we're usually typically disappointed. So I see this guy across the street leaning, or he's like underneath one of those heater lamps. And I'm like, I'm thinking, is that him? I'm like, he looks really much more thick than I had thought he would be and more compact. And I'm going to say the word bulbous. Like that's what I, when I, yeah. Okay. That's regarding his butt. So I see him and I, I, I look at him like, oh, are you, you know, are you Tom? And um, he smiles and he said, hey, and I'm like, hey, so I give him a hug. I definitely, I had boots on. Okay. So I know that my boots, they're not heels, but I mean, there's a heel, but not like a high heel. It's a chunk heel, you know? So I was for sure taller, which I, oh, and by the way, I'd sent him a picture, I know a video of me swinging with the kids at school. And he said something about like, something about my thigh gap. Like, and I'm like, okay, so I'm going to make sure I wear super tight corduroy pants because I want him to see that I have the thigh gap because apparently he's turned on by that. So I wore those pants with my boots. And um, yes, I had to like lean down to hug him. Not badly, but I'm for sure was not at the same level. For sure wasn't (laughs) reaching up. That's for sure. So I know instantly I'm not attracted to him. I'm like, oh my God, he's not my type at all. Like I, again, I've never dated a black guy. I was going out on a limb based on these photos. He did not look like the same guy at all because he more than likely had an additional 25 to 30 pounds on him that they were not in these photos. And these pictures were probably about four or five years ago, based on what I'm thinking was his time of his divorce and probably a lot of turmoil in his life and he'd lost weight. So he was not like that now. Not to say he wasn't in good shape, um, but he was definitely not in the shape I expected. He was wearing um, checkered pants, like golf pants. They were cream, I'd say like a burgundy red and a forest green. They were loud and 
pretty flashy. Not my style either. I don't remember his shoes at all. And then he just had like a black zip up tight, I don't know, like nylon type, um, like running jacket, I guess, over just, I think a black shirt. I don't remember seeing the shirt. The other thing was zipped up higher over any kind of like riding on the shirt. So I couldn't see it. And he had a knitted, I think it was like a light brown skull cap on, which again is pretty ethnic. I'm not used to that. I've never dated a white guy who wore a skull cap. You know what I mean? Like it's just like goes and it's fine, whatever. And then he was wearing black beads. Like I would say that those were I don't know if I'm using the right word by saying ethnic, but like, I don't think I would wear those beads. I think they're definitely related to being an African-American man, I'm assuming. Um, so I kind of felt right away, like we're a little different, you know, obviously, but you know, maybe he's looking at me like, oh God, I don't know what I think about this, this white chick who has a lot of wrinkles. That's also another thing. He had like no wrinkles because he's got great skin. So like, I'm like very paranoid about my skin and lighting. And I'm like thinking, and I'm always very aware of it. I feel like I, you know, right now my Botox wore off. So I'm like thinking, oh my God, he's going to notice all the lines around my mouth or my eyes. I don't really care about my eyes. It's, it's around my mouth that worries me the most or my jowls. You know, I'm like, oh my God, so worried about that. So we had, um, decided to, and that when I talk to people and I'm like paranoid at that point, I'm like, I feel like I touch my face a lot to hide my face. It's really sad. I hate that I do that, but I do feel like I get paranoid. Anyways, we end up at a place called Rosie McCann's, which is an Irish pub. It's an upstairs restaurant pub. And obviously it had just been St. Patrick's day. So it was all decorated and all their green clovers and everything. And there was a little band playing. There was like a, he knew the instrument too. Um, well, there was a, harp for one thing. And then there was a mandolin. That was it. And I brought up Bruce Hornsby, who I can't stand, but anyways, cause there's that mandolin rain song or whatever. He didn't know what I was talking about, but which is interesting. Cause he knows a lot of very, uh, I'm showing my quotes here, white, uh, white bands like Metallica. And we talked about a lot of like, he, he definitely knows Depeche Mode and like, he knew a lot of the bands that I love. Um, anyways, and he, he had played reggae, reggae. He had been in a reggae band, but he like, um, yeah, he knew, knows how to play the guitar, all this. So we go, we sit down and we're in a booth, like, you know, almost like we're at Denny's, you know, and we, I get a glass of white wine, he gets a Guinness and we just start with that. And I have to say the conversation, I'm like, well, I'm going to make the best of this, even though I don't feel that attracted to him, I'm going to make the best of it. So the conversation was like, like easy. We had a lot to talk about. He had been married. Are you ready for this? And I didn't find this out till later. So some of this information was in after conversations with him, but I'm just going to kind of throw things in as I go along and it might not be in the right order, but like, doesn't matter. Cause like you guys wouldn't know that anyways. Anyways, he had been married since the time he was 19. He was a virgin, um, till the time he was 43. He has three kids, same as me, girl, girl, boy, same order. Um, his middle child apparently doesn't talk to him. He said he's got tons of text messages that he sent to her and they just go un you know, unresponsive. She doesn't write anything back. I don't know what the deal is there. He said it's, you know, divorce related. He didn't get into it. He said he doesn't know where his ex-wife is, nor do the kids really. I think she, he basically explained it that she just almost had like a, um, midlife crisis after being a mom for so long. And I maybe, I don't know if she had a career or not, but she just decided that she was done with all of it and they don't know where she is. And she met a man and I could see like a woman doing that after being married for a long time and just, you know, deciding they're done. So that 
is the story on her. Um, and he has no contact with her, but, you know, obviously money's taken out of his account every month for alimony. And he just says, yep, there's nothing I can do about it. So anyways, he seemed like the good guy who got the short end of the stick. So, you know, of course I feel um, sympathetic towards that. And I have to tell you, like, while I'm talking to him, I'm totally enjoying him. I love his smile. I think is, of course, the whole time I'm looking at him, I'm thinking, could I kiss this guy? Could I make out with this guy? Is this like somebody that I could be physical with? I'm also thinking, has he thought that about me? And is he like thinking, there is no way I'm doing anything with this chick. I'm not into her. Am I going to be like ghosted as soon as this date is over? And then I'm going to be feeling really bad. Like I, who knows where it weighs right now. I don't know what he thinks of me. And, um, you know, we're not, we're not trying to like touch each other. In fact, I had my legs tucked way underneath my bench. Like I didn't want to even bump his foot. Cause I just didn't really know how I felt about him physically. Um, I didn't feel much, honestly. I just felt like, like I liked his personality. I was enjoying talking to him. He was easy to talk to. Before you know it, three hours have gone by. I had just one glass of wine, but I tell you, every time I took a sip, I freaking felt it. Like I feel it so much. I barely ever drink. And I, I feel it like my lids get heavy, my eyelids. I feel like, and I don't want that to happen because I think that you look drunk then. I, you can almost feel it, you know, physically your eyelids look, they feel heavier. Um, so I was real careful to drink very slow. He had two Guinnesses. We actually shared some, I don't know, popcorn chicken or something. And so Joey's texting me. She's drunk because she knew I was going to be picking her up. And she's like, I'm leaving now. And she keeps sending me these SOS messages. But then, no, now I'm still in there. And now oh, I'm leaving. And I'm like, I'm like, where are you? You know, and I tell him, I, you know, I should probably go. I mean, we've been at this place for three hours and they probably just want to like close up. Right. It's like 1045 on a Thursday night. So we spent three hours in there. Like it felt almost like an hour and a half. It went by really fast. So we're walking out. And of course, in my mind, I'm like, I've got the boots on. I'm taller than him. Is anything even going to happen? Should I kiss him just for the hell of it to see what it feels like to see if there's any spark? You know, what, what would it hurt? So I don't know. Like there's no, I, and again, I don't even know what he thinks about me. So should I even try that? So I, we get to the corner of, um, if you live in Santa Cruz, you know, where forever 21 is. we were on the opposite corner, right across the street, right in front of new leaf. And I knew Joey was supposed to be walking up the street at any moment. So I didn't want to like do anything like and embarrass her or whatever. But I thought I gave him a hug. I said, it was really nice to meet you. And then he just said, oh, and he had mentioned that was another thing. Before we ever met, part of my profile says that I love getting a pedicure because I love the way they touch my toes. It makes my eyes roll back in my head. And he had written to me and said, I'm really, that was one of his first lines was something about, I hear I give great foot massages. And I don't even like foot massages. I don't want the massage. I want the just light touch on my toes and my feet. That just mm, feels so good. Um, And I want to pay somebody for it. I don't want anyone doing that without paying them. I just, there's something that makes me relax when I know I'm paying for it. So anyways, he said something at the end of the night before we walked out when we were still in the, at the booth where he said something about, um, well, I didn't, and he did, it's like, he didn't know where to throw this into the conversation and he just needed to say it. Cause he, I think he wanted to see if he could possibly get somewhere with me. And he said something about, we did talk about that foot massage. And I was like, Oh yeah. I'm like, And then I knew right away, okay, that was a hint. He is interested because why would he bring that up? So, but I basically like 
you know, was just like, I'm not gonna, you're not going to touch my feet. Like, what the hell? Like, I mean, it's freezing outside. It's almost 11 o'clock at night. I got to go home. I got to get up and get to work early. That's not happening. But it let me know that it was probably okay to give him a kiss. So when we hugged, I kind of giggled and I, I just said, do you want to give me a kiss? You know, and I'm like, I just felt confident that it was fine. So I leaned in and, he, you know, he said, well, and he kind of like leaned forward. I mean, who knows? I don't remember exactly what words we said, but I leaned forward and it was just a peck. It was just a, a quick, like, uh, you know, a connected kiss. But I have to say, I hate to say this, but in that little brief moment of the kiss, I think I smelled like bad breath or something, just a whiff of something that I didn't like. And I was like, well, I wish I hadn't smelled that. Um, and so who knows? It could have been my breath hitting me back in my face. I really don't know. But I thought I smelled something slightly. And it was just a couple little quick kisses and, you know, and like, you know, kind of grabbed his hand as I backed off and like, it was nice to meet you. And okay. And he's like, you let me know that you got home safe. And so I picked up Joey. We went home. I told him I got home safe and all that. And I'm really not sure how I feel. So... Friday rolls around and he's real chatty through text with me and wish I could have given you that foot massage. I'm thinking, oh God, I don't want to lead him on. So I will just say that for the next day, all through Friday into, let's see. Oh no, no, no. I told him Friday. That's right. So Friday evening, I could not take it anymore. And I'm like, I can't flirt back because I don't think I'm interested I'm going to drop the HIV bomb on him so that I can get out of this. That was like my thought. Like if I do that, then he'll just run away. And if he doesn't run away, it might make me think of him differently. There's always that too. I never really know where that's going to go. If I'm not interested in somebody, it might make me interested in them if they handle it well. So I, I've been doing, I've been barely flirting back with him because he keeps sending me messages about stuff like what's your favorite color. And I, you know, he's going on like so much stuff. And so I finally say, I have to tell you something. And he goes, tell me, shoot. And I said, okay. So in 2016, I got really sick with something. I was diagnosed with something that could have potentially killed me. I'm fine today. I take a pill my life hasn't changed. Um, I decided to talk. It has a lot of stigma, this thing that I was diagnosed with. And he said, um, he said he had to look up the word stigma. He goes, what does that mean? I'm like, what? Like, like he goes, oh, and then he came back and said, oh, okay. I just looked it up. I'm like, I don't know how no people don't know that word, but anyways. And I said, um, so anyways, I decided to talk about my diagnosis on the internet. And so I'm on the internet I talk about this a lot because a lot of people are afraid to talk about it publicly um, or even in their private lives. So I chose to speak about it publicly. So, and, and this is the way I did it. I said, you can just Google me, look up Jennifer Vaughn. So he does. And he says, um, you know, I don't even know what his initial reaction was. Um, but I've got a text right in front of me of some of the follow-up text messages that came right after. Um, and he said, I, well, I basically, you know, I threw him the, the, um, preventionaccess.org link and said, you know, I can't transmit it. Um, I, you know, I'm undetectable. I don't know why I feel, even though I didn't really think I was interested in him, that I, 
I feel like I really need to let him know that he can't get HIV for me. Like I'm, I just want people to understand I'm not contagious. You know, I barely even have it. You know, I'm undetectable. I explained those things and I said, I chose to, um, well, I, and well, let me, I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself here. So he says, okay, this, he says this initially though, because of my ignorance, when you told me about the Google, Google search just now, and I found you, I did feel really bad about our kiss. Are you fucking kidding me? And I said, I just, my response to him was, oh boy. And remember, I don't give a shit at this point because I don't think I want to see him again. No, I'm like, don't want to see him again. So I just put, oh boy. And I'm ready to give it to him. I'm ready to go, dude, you, you're, he's a paramedic. I forgot to say that. He's a firefighter in Carmel. Mm, yeah, Carmel. Um, or Pebble Beach, I should say. It's Pebble Beach. Um, and yeah, he's a paramedic. So paramedics deal with like getting recertified constantly. They're very medically trained. He's dealing with bodily fluids all the time. And he just said that he felt really bad about our kiss, a dry peck. And I put, oh boy. And he said, and bad may not be the best word to use, but it is the first thing that came to mind. And I did the emoji with the sweat. And he says, again, mostly because of my ignorance about the topic, maybe a little misled, betrayed. I'm not sure. I said, misled? And he said, and he just says, has this ever been a thing with anyone else you kiss and then told? Just curious. I'm trying to wrap my head around it. <laughs> and then he asks, um, uh, he did ask about if I've ever, oh, he said, is there any reason you didn't tell me this on the first date? And I said, well, it's not a first date conversation. I said, it isn't who I am. And he said, you're right. It's not who you are. And he goes, I'm sorry if I'm offending you. He said, I'm trying my best to ask questions, but I have a feeling I might be making you feel bad. He goes, I wish we were talking about this overlooking the ocean somewhere during like a sunset. And I was like, Oh, really? Okay. Um, but for him to think that it needed to be, and also I said, I told you about my shooting. Like I didn't like want to tell you about this on top of it. Like how many fucking crazy things can I tell you about myself in one night? So, um, anyways, the fact that he even had to say that, have you like, we didn't make out. It was a peck on the mouth. He's a paramedic. How does he not know that HIV, even if I had raging HIV and AIDS, you can't get it from kissing somebody on the mouth. Even if you're making out, I had sex with somebody for a year before I knew I had HIV. Um, he didn't get it from me at all because women rarely transmit it. And he, yeah, we made out. He's we swap spit all the time. Like, so just how do you not know this? How do you not know this? Oh my God, it makes me so mad. So anyways, I said, when he said that thing about talking about it in person, I said, call me. I said, okay. So he called me and we talked for the first call. Well, he had to go. He was so attentive. He had to take the guys from the station to another station because there was like an MMA fight that he's not interested in. So he was the driver. He was taking them to the fight. And then he was going to just sit in the car and talk to me or the, the engine, the fire engine, and talk to me while he waited for them to finish. So we talked for the first time. We talked for an hour while they were in there watching that. And then he said, I got to go. They're getting back in the truck. And then he goes, I'll call you as soon as I get back to the station. So 
just the fact that we were having a very good conversation about all of it, I, I, you know, I can, well, I'm going to do a podcast, so you know, I can talk forever. So I, of course, probably was, it was, you know, what do they say? Vomit of the mouth. I feel like I'm not using the right term, but anyways, I definitely was like, telling him maybe more than he needed to know. I don't know, like why I talked about it initially publicly, you know, what it is to live with it today, how women rarely transmit it. I'm undetectable. He actually asked if the medication was still in like trial stages or have they, you know, how good is the medication today? Trials? What? What? I'm like, dude, it's been good since like 2000. Like it's, oh my God, like what? He said because he sees a lot of HIV commercials, which is interesting because I've asked people on my um, Instagram how often they see them. And a lot of people had assumed that they see them because they have some association with my account. But now I'm like, nope, this was a random guy that doesn't know me at all. And he says he sees lots of HIV commercials, which I think is interesting. So he said he thought that they were still doing a lot of like trial and error with medication. I'm like, no, it's fucking perfected. Like it's just, they keep perfecting the side effects. Basically there's like no side effects, but the actual like stopping the virus has been good for years and years and years. So, um, as far as being undetectable, not transmitting. So, um, anyways, he asked me about the medication. Okay. So then we have this conversation we had another half hour conversation and I feel like, Hmm, that was, that was not, bad. I'm like, okay. Oh, and then he said, he said, so intuitive. He goes, can I ask you something? I said, sure. He said, did you tell me this to get rid of, to get rid of me? And I was like, oh fuck. And he said, do you want to see me again? He said, cause I'm not going anywhere. And he goes, I'm really proud of everything that you've done. Like he said, all the things I would want to hear, you know? And he said like, you continue to be you. This was all texted to me after the fact, like that night, he said, you are doing your best and you should be so proud of what you're doing. Like he made me feel so good about my advocacy and that I did nothing wrong and that he had a hundred percent accepted my diagnosis. He didn't seem to have a problem with it because I explained it really well. And yeah, he was just like, um, oh, I'd said something else about that. Now I lost my train of thought. Um, uh, happy about the diagnosis. It was fine. You do you shit. I can't remember. So, uh, uh, I'm going to go back and listen to this and go, Oh, you were right there. And then you forgot to say something else. There's so many details about this. So I just don't want to forget anything. So, um, Oh yeah. Di oh, that's right. Okay. So did you say this to, um, get rid of me? And I'm thinking, fuck, yes, I did. How the fuck did you figure that out? I was like, oh my God, he like, is it that obvious? And he goes, well, and I said, I said, no, I said, well, I just feel like it's like, I didn't want to get to know you anymore, or I didn't want you to get to know me anymore. Cause I feel like we've gotten to know each other so much over this day that I didn't want to not share this very important part of myself with you before we continued talking more and more. So that was what I told him. And he said, well, I appreciate that. And he said, I mentioned something about dropping. I said, sometimes I, I, I said, I'm sorry about the way I presented it to you by saying like, here's my name, Google me. I said, it's almost like it's like a hot potato and I just want to like throw it at somebody and run away. And he said, or like more like a grenade. I was like, that wasn't very nice, but that's what he said. And that's stuck in the back of my head. I didn't like that. But anyways, I said, yeah, I guess like, yeah, like I was trying to like not get in an argument over that, but that kind of bothered me that he said that. Um, because again, this is nothing. I can't transmit it. I live a normal life. I'm almost HIV negative because of my medication, but like, 
it's a grenade. It's considered a grenade to like give this information to somebody. That's how people, even paramedics who are totally medically trained see this. So anyways, the next day happens. Um, we are going to take a trip to Merced, which, which is like mm, two hours away from our house because Ryan found a car online that she wanted to buy. So he keeps texting me, good morning. And I'm like, okay. And I still don't know how I feel. I'm like, mm, I don't know. And so, um, he, um, God, was that Saturday? That was Saturday. Okay. So that, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm losing track of days a little bit. I guess we had a lot of, no, 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 that, that was it. I told him Friday night, Saturday, we texted all day, but I was being very careful about not saying that I thought he was cute or I couldn't wait to see him again, or I was attracted. I didn't say anything like that. I was just answering his questions. He was being a little bit corny found out that he has only been with three women. That was something else that came up. Um, he's been with the wife. He said he was content. He didn't ever expect to get divorced. He never had an affair. Um, it was her that wanted to end it. He had a two-year relationship with a woman after the divorce, and he's from down south, although he grew up on the east coast, but he was from like down in the uh, San Clemente area, which is so bizarre because that's where Eric Cutter was living. The one who gave me HIV. When we go down there, I'd go down and party with him down there. So it was really weird. And this guy surfs, by the way, this guy surfs snowboards and skates. So like he does all of those white sports kind of, I mean, skateboarding really isn't, but that was another thing that like interested me in him because he's like, so like he does a lot of the sports that I would do, but I don't really do anymore. I mean, snowboarding and surfing are very like, I hate to say it, but they're really white. So the fact that he does those, I'm just like, that's kind of cool that you like, will put yourself in maybe like the, I don't know, maybe he doesn't find it uncomfortable, but, um, Regardless, I like that he did those things. He's goofy foot like me. So I also thought that was kind of cute, even though he's um, right-handed. I'm left-handed. But anyway, um, oh, I could do this. I go on these tangents and I can't remember where I was talking, what I was talking about. Um, so let's see. Um, yeah, he's being a little corny with some of his jokes. I'm being very careful about not flirting too much. I'm being really slow to respond at times because I'm driving to Merced and back. And um, so we talk, you know, we text back and forth into the night and I'm like, still like, don't know how I feel. So the next day, and he's, by the way, he's at work all day, Friday, all day, Saturday. So he's got nothing else going on. He's like working at the station. He's busy. So, um, I am, uh, all of a sudden I'm just like, is this recording? Let me see where I am on my recording. Cause I feel like I have so much more to say. Okay, good. I'm good. 42 minutes. Um, so I, um, I, um, <laughs> every time I, I, there's just so much to say. Um, so it's Sunday, um, it's Sunday morning and, um, we're chit chatting and stuff and I don't know how it came up, but he was at this station in beautiful Carmel Valley and he was subbing basically, or was covering for somebody. Um, it's Cal Fire. So it's not like a city department. It's Cal Fire. It's different. There's like 8,000 Cal Fire firefighters in California. And I guess if like one's out at one department, if you're nearby, they might transfer you into another like uh, firehouse just to cover for that person. So he said, and I said, God, when am I going to like, when could we maybe see each other again? I don't even know how that came up. I don't know that if I, if I um, instigated that or if it was something he brought up, I can't remember how that went down, but he basically said, um, you can come to the firehouse if you want. And I'm thinking this is perfect because there is no way it could get physical if I didn't feel comfortable, right? Because we're at a firehouse, nothing can happen. This is just a way for me to go there. Um, there's going to be other people around. I can see what he looks like in his uniform. That might turn me on. 
Um, I can see if he has hair or not because he's not going to have a hat on. Um, and I just want to see him in his work environment because I think in general, like obviously fire engines are very sexy. Uh, so are firehouses. Well, at least for me, they are. And I just knew that this could be possibly what I needed to get myself to be physically interested in him because I liked the person a lot. So I say, I, it's okay to come there. Are you serious? And he said, of course, I would love it. I'm like, wow. Okay. I have to run to Santa Cruz first. Let me get my stuff in order. I had to go pick up Ryan from work. And of course she like offered a ride home to somebody on the other end of Santa Cruz. I'm like, I got to get back. I've got to leave. I've got to go. So, um, and he even writes to me as I'm like trying to get myself organized to get down there. He said, I'm a, he, and he's so attentive. I'm going to get in the shower. If I don't answer, that's why. And then he writes back, never mind. We just got a call for um, an accident. I have to go run to that BRB. And then he says another message. CHP is just about to release us. I should be back at the station soon. Like all of this is so freaking exciting to me. I'm like, <laughs> I'm just like a part of his world. I'm like loving it. Right. And it is turning me on. So I get the directions how to get down there and it's way the hell down. It's Carmel Valley. It's, you know, 530 in the evening. Sun's going to set in about a half an hour, maybe an hour or whatever. Um, I get there. It's this beautiful stucco two-story building. I see the fire engines. The garage doors are open. There's like four garage doors, I think. And then it's attached to this two-story building. But I think the building is for like, I don't know, I, City Hall? Like, I don't know or not. No, no. Like, I'm thinking it's... um. Oh, what, you know, when you go into a new town, Chamber of Commerce, that's what it reminded me of. But the, it was just the fire department. It was, it was their department, but it was so beautiful. It was very Santa Barbara-ish, like with the tile roof and the, you know, the light stucco. And I was, and it looked like it was even a newish building. I mean, it was just gorgeous. And I drive up and I'm like texting him. He's not answering. I'm like, um, okay. Like I'm, I, it's already been over five minutes and I've pulled into the driveway and like, no one's coming out to greet me. I don't feel comfortable walking into the garage where the fire engines are like, oh, this isn't my property. It's like, I'm not some weird chick. That's just going to walk up and be saying, I, I don't know how many guys are working. Like I'm going to walk in and be like, Hey guys, what's up? You know, is, is Tom here? So I kind of peek and I look through the windows. I see where the, like the gym is and the garage and all that. So then I, um, I call him and I meet him at the door. I think he, yeah, we went in through the firehouse, through the garage into the firehouse. He brings me through this office and then we go outside and he kind of like spun me around or walked in front of me. I can't remember how it happened. And remember, he's got his fire boots on and I have tennis shoes on now. So we're closer to the same height at this point. And he lands one on me, kisses me. And I was not expecting it. I was so caught off guard that I was like, it kind of was like a fumbled kiss. And I said, oh my God, I'm sorry. I like didn't even expect that. I, I didn't even, I was like, wow. And to me, it was like such a nice gesture because to me, it felt like him saying, that he doesn't, he's not afraid of me, you know, like that's what I took it as. And it was like, okay. And he's in Navy blue, long sleeve, Navy blue, Cal fire t-shirt. He's got nice pecs. I can see that right away. He does have a little bit of a tummy, but, um, I'm fine with it because the rest of him was in really good shape. He's got definitely got a badunkadunk or padunkadunk, whatever you call it. That for sure has, he's got a black guy's butt which is better than a flat ass, I'm assuming, but it's more butt than I'm honestly used to. Um, so 
we go through the firehouse and if I keep saying the firehouse, I don't know if I'm saying the right thing, but where the engines are. And it's, I'm sorry, it's so exciting to me. He's showing me all the tools, the equipment, and, um, I get to sit in the driver's seat. He's like, hop in. I'm like, really? I can get, I get to sit in the seat. I mean, this is like my dream come true, right? I mean, I know they let kids go in there and sit in the seat, but I like, it was like a personal tour. There is no one around, by the way. It's just me and him. And so I sit in the seat. He goes, put, and so he gets in the passenger seat. He put, we put the headphones on so we can, he goes, so when it's really loud and the, the sirens are going, we can all talk to each other through the headphones and the mic and everything so we can hear each other. I'm like, that's so cool. And he goes, just don't touch anything down there. I'm like, okay. So, um, we take the headphones off, we hop out, we're going around the truck. I just, you know, he's very, very educated. Obviously he's been doing fire for, I want to say, he told me his years of stuff. He worked for EMT in like a hospital for like a long time. And then he got into the fire department. I think he worked down in Riverside and then he's been up here for like a year, I think. And, um, but he's been doing firefighting and paramedic work for, um, I don't, I want to say like five or six years. I mean, he used to teach CPR classes too. So very educated, which is again, why the fuck doesn't he know much about HIV? If you're talking about bodily fluids and stuff, which is what he's seen at car accidents all the time. Like he's definitely around blood. So anyways, whatever. Um, so I'm getting more turned on by him as I'm listening to him talk. It's really easy to hang with him. It's really comfortable. I love his hands. He has beautiful hands. Like I'm really into hands and he's got like cocoa butter colored skin, I guess you'd say, but his hands are just, they're manly. Like they're sexy. They're like not overly, um, calloused or anything, but they look strong and they just, I don't know. Hands can be, look so different. And he just had really beautiful hands. So I was focused on those because that's where, you know, he's showing me all this stuff and it was just kind of like, um, so I do recall that we had a moment like off to the side, like in this back corner where it's almost like we're like, we were out of the way of like the engines. We were just, it's almost like it was like a tool area. I don't even know, but it was, it's still everything. And there was sparkling clean. It was like the cleanest garage ever, but I kind of like lean into him like, yeah, I want to kiss you. And so we had more of a kiss. And then this is like, um, a little bit of like touching tongues. Now we're like getting there. Right. But we're not full on making out cause we still don't even know each other and we're stone cold sober on top of it. And there could be somebody that could walk in at any moment. So, um, I didn't know how many people were working and he had walked me through the backyard area of the fire department where there's like a patio and a wooden um, picnic table where one of his coworkers that he had just met because again, he was just subbing at this job. So he didn't know this guy. He had just met him. So he, he and that guy's girlfriend were watching, they were eating like, you know, tortellini and watching the sunset. And he introduced me to them, which felt good because I felt like I was kind of there as his date. And I'm like, yeah, I'm his date, you know. And, um, you know, and I don't really know, like, how do we look together? Oh, and by the way, in the fire engine, I took a selfie of us. And he was totally game for it. He was, like, fine with it. And I loved that. And it just all felt good. Everything felt good. And so we um, were walking around. um, And then we go into the fire station and there we go downstairs and that's where the recliners are all the leather recliners and the big screen tv and there's an old guy down there i shouldn't say old he's not much older than me but he's um, probably close to 60 and he's about to retire and he was he said i'm a sub i'm just a substitute and i'm like oh that's funny i'm a substitute too but he was a substitute 
firemen where he just would come in and sub for different departments. That's basically what he does at this point. And it was fun because he was, he gave us, you know, we talked about, you know, he talked about several like, I don't know, stories about living in the fire department and what it's been like. And uh, he had some other interesting, interesting stories. And at one point I was kind of like, okay, like I want to spend time with Tom. I kind of don't want to listen to any more stories. So finally that guy said, I'm going to give you guys your privacy. And this other guy's girlfriend came downstairs and said goodbye to us. So it was just the three of them working there that night. That's it. And there's three bedrooms and they each have their own bedroom, whatever. So the younger guy was gone. And then the older guy went upstairs. He said he was going to take a shower and call his wife and lay down for the night. So we had the downstairs area, which there's a kitchen and the leather couch. And we're sitting there watching, uh, not Rocky, but the other one, the Apollo Creed. It wasn't the more recent movie, but I know Felicia Rashad was in it. And anyways, we were watching that. I didn't even know where we were in the movie, but we're sitting there and, um, like I sat down purposely right next to him. So our sides of our bodies are completely touching because I am feeling him at this point. I'm like, yep, I think he's cute. Like I definitely want to know more. So we're, I, I told him that there's this thing where you, if you draw on someone's arm from their wrist to their inside of their elbow and their eyes are closed, you can't, they will not be able to tell where you stop on their arm. They always think that you've touched the middle crease of the elbow way before you're actually there. Cause your brain thinks that it, you're fi- you know what I mean? That the feeling is there already, but you actually haven't reached the crease of the elbow yet. So I tell him, Oh, let me do that to you. Let's see if you can do that. So he couldn't really pull his sleeve up all the way because it was a tighter like sleeve around the wrist. And then I see all I see these tattoos on his left arm. I'm like, oh, <laughs> you have tattoos? Like I don't know you had tattoos. On the back of his wrist, he had an anchor right at oh, and by the way, he had a black wrist watch, like a black kind of a sports watch around the you know when guys wear them almost on the bone on their wrist. That, that is so sexy. I cannot even tell you. That is so sexy. Like the long sleeve navy blue shirt with the black uh, watch right there at the end of his like arm. Oh God. I don't know. I love that. So he took the the watch off because he was going to pull his shirt up so I could draw on his arm. And then I see the tattoos and I'm like, oh my God. Okay. It turns out he has a full sleeve on his left arm and he could only pull his shirt up and he got all of this work done after he got divorced. And he, apparently he's got like a, a what do you call it? Like a, um, Celtic knot on his peck. And by the way, I was touching his pecs when we were kissing. I was like touching his shoulders and his pecs. I was like, Oh, you are in nice shape. (laughs) Wow. I didn't know. Um, yeah. So I was like pleasantly surprised that he had like really nice pecs. Um, like beefy. (laughs) They're nice. Um, so anyways, he said he had a Celtic knot on his chest and then, um, on his back he had, um, like, the Judah tiger or something. I didn't know what that was, but I was like, okay. So he pulled up his sleeve as much as he could. Um, and I started drawing on his arm and he couldn't tell where I said, so you got to close your eyes. So I'm like holding his arm over my lap. Like we're, I'm touching his arm, you know, I'm drawing on him and I'm really comfortable with him. Like, it's just, it felt so comfortable. Like I could have literally just taken his hands and mine and like intertwined our fingers. I would have been super comfortable sitting there with him like that. Um, and he was enjoying all of the attention and, oh, and he had no hair on his arms, none. And I said, do you shave your arms? And he goes, no, it's just, just how I am. I'm like, oh my God, like, mm, that's like sexy. I don't know why. Cause I typically like 
like facial hair and I like chest hair, but the fact that his arms were hairless and he had these tattoos that honestly looked better on his darker skin or like cocoa colored skin than I would say white skin. Like when I showed him my tattoo, I actually kind of felt embarrassed because it's so freaking dark against my white skin that I was like, I liked how his blended better. It looked nice, but he had like a ship scene. I couldn't really tell because for one thing I was looking at it upside down and it was all wrapped around like it was on the all the way on his arm all the way into his like on his pec not pec um his bicep um and I by the way I did feel his biceps too at one point when we were kissing I was like oh yep and he's got nice arms so I was getting very attracted to him for sure so we're sitting there on the couch and he just learnt leans over and no one's around at this point now it's safe and he we start kissing and we're kissing and kissing and he's pulling my leg over his lap. And what I'd really like to do is just straddle him and just make out with him. Like this side kissing thing while we're sitting shoulder to shoulder is not it. Like, so I said to him, I really wish I could be sitting on your lap. And he goes, hello. Sorry. I thought I heard, I think that was my dog's nails. Um, and he says, do it. I said, like, are you sure it's okay? Like here in the firehouse? He goes, yes. I'm like, okay. So of course, when you're straddling someone's lap, you're, you know, <laughs> you're grinding into them and all of that stuff. And it just feels, and I had control. Like I was like, I had my hands like around, you know, like I love to touch faces. Like I'm touching his face. I'm like controlling like how I want to kiss him, but I'm not really into the way he's kissing. There's something about his, like he's, using his tongue outside of his mouth where like, I want to, that's fine a little bit, but like, I want my lips to be connecting and then like really your tongues like go into each other's mouth, but like slowly and like your tongues are sort of dancing, but he kept doing this thing almost like he was making his tongue flat and he was rubbing it up. Like he's licking an ice cream, like outside of his mouth. And I'm like, I don't really like that, but whatever. Um, but I still got lots of nice little slow, soft kisses. And just the ones where you like mush, you suck your lips together and you're just holding the kiss. Like those are really sexy too. And that did happen. So I was pleased with those. So then I don't know what made us do it. Oh, I said, you know what? I really should go. Cause I needed to go to work the next day. This was Sunday night. And, um, God, I have so much more of the story to tell. <laughs> Shit. Um, I don't want to make this a two-parter. I'm just going to go right for it and tell the whole thing. So I, we get upstairs into the office area and the lights are off and now it's like nine o'clock at night. Right. And he walks me to the door and then he just turns around and he starts kissing me again. Like he doesn't want me to go. And he kind of like, I don't know if he picked me up or he walked me backwards, but he put me against a countertop and I, I basically hopped up on the countertop, which didn't really work so much because it made me a little bit taller than him, obviously. Uh, it, well, it did. It made me taller than him. But we were kissing like that with me sitting on this countertop with my... It reminded me so much of the some kind of wonderful kissing scene that I played on my Instagram story. And I talked about it last week on my podcast where she wrapped her legs around his back. And I actually did that. And it was Eric Stoltz who had grabbed her jeans in the back, like her belt buckle. And he'd like kind of put his fingers through it and sort of squeezed his hand. I was doing that. Like I was grabbing the sides of his pants and like pulling him into me, like his belt buckle and like, you know, had my legs wrapped around his back and we were just totally making out. So this is not a man who is afraid of me having HIV, I would say. 
No, because like there, it was pretty passionate and I really was loving it, except for the little bit of the kissing that I thought I didn't really like. But for the most part, all of it felt awesome. And then he took my hand and of course, like decides to guide it down there. And I don't know. I just, well, for one thing, I didn't really, I couldn't really, he, he had the fire department pants on and for some reason I just felt like I wasn't, it just felt cheap. I don't know. I just didn't want to. And I said, you know what? I did it for like a second. I said, you know, I don't, I just, I don't want to do that yet. I want to wait. Like, I just don't want to do that yet. I didn't want to come off because he knew I, I told him about my history that I have been with several partners. And what did he think of that? And you know what he said? He said, I'm jealous, honestly. That was his response. I'm like, that's the best response ever. Like, I mean, because he felt like he wished he'd lived his life a little bit more. Oh, by the way, I don't think I said he had had a two-year relationship with somebody after his divorce. That's right. I did leave that out. Um, that he said, uh, didn't, he was just going through a lot, like trying to like sort his life out at that point. So that relationship was a single mom and apparently she's engaged now and they're still friends and she's down in LA, but it just didn't work out because he said he was still trying to figure his life out after being married for so long. Um, so, and then he said there was one other person. I never knew who the one other person was. I didn't ask. So, um, yeah, him saying that he was jealous of me was like kind of nice. Right. And, you know, he knew the whole story about what happened and how I got it and how the person who gave it to me, how he got it. And he thought he said that was really dirty of him. I remember him saying that and I wanted to like correct him, but I was like, no, he didn't do it on purpose. It was, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't intentional. So anyways, we say goodbye. He walks me out. I leave. We text goodnight. And when I get home, I'm like, I'm on cloud nine. I'm like this guy. I was so turned on by him at that job. And then everything else put together, he's fine with my diagnosis. It's so easy and comfortable with him. I think this is like going to go into a relationship. And wow, what have I been missing out on? Because I have always previously never been into black guys. And like, here's this black guy. And I guess I should have been more aware, you know, like Jesus, like this is, this is really new for me and exciting and I couldn't wait to see where it was going to go. So I went to bed that night and I kept waking up with just bursts of like endorphins, like insane, like dopamine high, you know, times 10. I cannot sleep at 4.30 in the morning. I wake up, cannot stop thinking about him. And you know what? I knew it was okay to text him because he's like that. He would be fine with it. Wrote to him at 5.30 in the morning and said, I can't sleep. I can't stop thinking about you. I am like, I'm falling in love with him. Like, I feel like at that point I could have called him baby. Like, Hey baby, like, I can't stop thinking about you. Like I literally was in that place already. So like a dum-dum and he was really receptive to all of that. He said, did that really happen? Like he was like, it was cute. Cause in a way I felt like a, I could sense his nervousness a little bit while we were kissing. Like I did sense it a little bit. In fact, I took his hand and put it under my shirt over, under my sweatshirt, over my shirt, no, under my t-shirt over my bra. And I tried to get him to like do a little squeeze, squeeze of the boobs. Um, he didn't really do anything aggressive. I was kind of disappointed. He didn't, but he, you know, I just wanted him to feel like, oh, you can touch me too, you know? Um, so anyways, um, yeah, I did feel like he was a little nervous. Like I could, there was some breathing that I sensed like a little bit of nervousness. And I thought that was really cute, honestly. But I was obviously excited to think like, what more could come of this? Um, yeah, because now I'm physically turned on by him. So I, um, God, I got to take a drink of this water. This is a long podcast. Mm. We're getting to the good stuff. 
So, um, I am floating that day, floating. Like I am, I'm in love. Like, I'm like, I can't wait to see this guy again. And I'm right. I know he's off work. Oh, that was the whole thing. Let me know when you get off, like, cause he was supposed to be off his shift Monday, but he had to get it confirmed that they wouldn't need him for another day. So he finally texts me at like 10 o'clock. He says, I just got off work. They, I'm free now. And I'm like, awesome. So of course, what am I expecting? That he's going to say, come over tonight. He has his own place. He has a dog and he lives like in a granny's quarters, like somewhere in Carmel or Pacific Grove or something like it. Apparently it's another firefighter that owns the house, but he's got like his own separate unit and they have opposite schedules. So like the guy watches his dog when he's, you know, on, and then maybe he watches the other guy's animals when, you know, the, you know, their opposite schedules, whatever. So in my mind, I'm thinking, well, of course he's going to ask me to come over. Cause like that was so freaking exciting yesterday. Right. And we're on the same page and all that. And it just felt like it got a little quiet. I was, um, and then I had, I was thinking, okay, but I have to remember he's not at the firehouse right now. He's back into the real world. So maybe he texts different when he's not at work. Cause when you're at work, what else do you have to do? There's a lot of downtime. So you're on your phone, responding back a lot, sending text messages a lot because you've got like, you know, the, uh, you've got a lot of downtime. So now he's off work and I've texted him and his response times have been very slow. And one of them was an hour and a half. It took him to respond, which was not his normal. He was very fast to respond most of the time. So I was very confused by that. And he said, Oh, I'm so sorry. I was doing yard work. I didn't even look at my phone. Um, and I said something like, well, Hey, when do I get to kiss you again? That, cause I was like, I'd been sort of waiting for him all day to say, Hey, come over, you know? And he, he hadn't. So I said to him just to drop the hint to get things going, like, yeah, like, come on, let's do this. So I said, when do I get to kiss you again? And I say, well, what are you doing tonight? I like, I literally asked him that, like, I'm didn't realize it, but I like looking back, I kind of was initiating everything at that point where he should have been, but I thought I wasn't really sure why. So he says, well, I need to go to the grocery store and something about, I've got to get some stuff and I'll be back probably around eight. And as 7.30, and I say, okay, cool, well, I'll come over then or whatever. But then I'm like, as like 7.30 rolls around or maybe maybe even 7 o'clock, I started to feel tired. And then I was thinking, wait a second, I'm going to get out there at 8 and then like uh, it's a 40-minute drive. What am I going to stay for like an hour and then drive home to be in bed by 10? Like this doesn't make any sense. So I'm thinking, why don't I just tell him like, let's wait till Tuesday night and then we'll hang out. So he's, I say to that to him and he goes, you are the best. And by the way, he had written to me and said, I love how enthusiastic you are. He told me that you're, it's so refreshing. I love the way you write to me. Like he was so encouraging to me that everything I was saying to him, you know, was great. And he loved it. There was lots of hearts. There was lots of heart kisses, you know, the kiss emoji, all of that. So I felt like there was nothing I could say that would be wrong because I felt like he was into me as much as I was into him. So it's fine. We're going to wait till tomorrow. I can wait a day. It's fine. I can, I'm a, I can handle that. I wanted to go to bed early anyways. So this is perfect. Then he says he won't feel, he even said, now I won't feel stressed out. I'll have time to clean my, I'll have time to clean up my place and you know, we'll have, it'll be better quality time tomorrow night. Okay. So Tuesday morning rolls around. I don't want to say good morning to him first. Cause I don't want to like look needy. So he writes to me at nine 30 and sends me three sleeping emojis. I don't even know what to make of that. And I said, um, 
oh, are you still sleepy? Are you still in bed? Because I'm thinking because he's not working right now. And he said, no, I'm just dragging ass, which was like a really weird, like after all the sweetness and everything. No, I'm just dragging ass. Um, I may have to go down to deal with an issue with my kid. Um, and I was like, oh, and I said, where, where does your kid live? And he says, and this is his son who I think is like 19 or 20. He says Lake Forest. And he, you know, I'm like, I don't even know where the fuck Lake Forest is. So I had to like Google that. So I like realize it's down by Irvine or whatever. It's in that area. And I said, oh, what's going on? And he says something about that his kid had been in a car accident like two months ago and his power steering is going on and off and that he needs to replace a part for him. And he needs to figure out, you know, if it'll work with this kid's schedule or whatever. I said, okay. So I'm like, oh, oh. And by the way, he kept telling me prior to us meeting that his shift was eventually going to change in April where he would have weekends off and he'd be available during the week. But this is prior to me seeing him at the firehouse. So I kept kind of like avoiding him saying that because it made me feel like he was trying to plan that we would hang out because our schedules would be aligned. So I didn't, I waited till Monday to tell him uh, after the fire department date that, um, um, that I had spring break off that my week, like right now coming up, this coming up week was going to be off. Cause that was like, I, I kind of wanted to wait to tell him as like a surprise because I hadn't wanted to tell him prior to the fire department date. So Monday morning, I sent him a text. And I say the fire, guess what? I have next week off. And he writes back right away. Fuck. And like with three exclamation points, he goes, I have a training down in Anaheim for five days. It's like eight to five. It's an office or something like his response was so genuine that I do believe it. And I said, oh my God, I said, no way. And I put the crying face and he said, don't panic. Don't panic. Let me think. And I'm thinking, oh my God, we're already trying to figure out how I can be down there in LA with him. And I, you know, I said, I don't know what the situation's like, like where you're staying. Is it a hotel? And he's, he says, well, it's like a dormitory type situation. Um, he goes, and I said something like, well, I have an appointment that Wednesday. He goes, we'll get your appointment, your appointments figure out first, then let me know what days you're available. So I, it took me about four or five, like I was panicking, trying to get the appointments all situated. So I get all the appointments situated for a Wednesday. There are three of them. My Botox appointment, a urology appointment, and Ryan's driver's training test. I get them all lined up for Wednesday coming up this next week. So I say, I either have Monday or Tuesday available together or Thursday or Friday. And he said, his response, very nice. And I will tell you, he never, ever responded to any of that again. He made some joke about how he could sneak me in if I um, wore a firefighter's outfit and like dressed as a man. And I said, oh, I could even wear a mustache. Like, and he said, oh, ha, 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 whatever. But anyways, there was never, I'll just tell you, he never brought that up again about me going to LA with him. So I was like, that felt weird to me because it felt like he was really disappointed that he was going to be gone that week. So... And I had a potential um, uh, snowboarding trip with a friend of mine who was going through a breakup. And he, it was going to be at the end of the week. It was going to be like Thursday and Friday. And I was starting to think like, oh my God, I was panicking about what to tell Tom about this friend of mine that I've known for a long time who just went through a breakup who potentially could have sex with me, right? If we went snowboarding together in his cabin um, up in Tahoe. And I was like, I, you know, and this friend of mine, I didn't know what to tell him. I, so I did, I straight up said, look, I, 
I had a really great time with this guy at his firehouse, da 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 da. And I don't, I'm so sorry. Like, I feel kind of weird. I hope, and he comes back and tells me that, don't worry, the trip's canceled. I've got some other stuff I've got going. It was really weird. He apologized later and said he felt bad for being so abrupt, but I kind of felt like he was disappointed that I was into somebody. And it was going to kind of ruin the trip. So he basically canceled the trip. So then I felt relieved because I had that Thursday, Friday open now. And I was like, okay, we can mix it up. I could do Monday, Tuesday or Thursday, Friday. But let's just say that he never got back to me on those dates because he said, he he said, oh, I said, well, are you going to have to go down to Lake Forest? And he just wrote back, maybe. I said, okay. So I'm trying to be very understanding. I said, kids first, just like he told me for my appointment, kids first. And then, um you know, and then we'll figure it out from there. Just let me know what your plans are. Meaning, are you going to LA? Just let me know. So that was at 10 o'clock in the morning, Tuesday morning. He did not write anything to me the rest of the day, nothing. And I, we have been in constant communication since we matched on Wednesday. So all of a sudden, and I, as the day goes on, I can feel the dopamine, uh, leaving my body and I barely could walk by the time I left work because I felt like something was really wrong. He was so quiet. I'm like, oh my God. So I don't want to text him and say, because I said to him something like, I can't remember the last thing he said was, I said something to, to him and he said, that's so sweet or whatever. I don't know. And I I hearted it. Oh, I said, I'm, I'm going to miss you or something like that. Or I can't wait to see you. Something like that. Like, well, if you do go, you know, when you get back, I really look look forward to seeing you again. And he goes, that's really sweet. I'm like, mm, okay, it would be nice if you said that you were looking forward to seeing me also. Like that was kind of what I was hoping he would say, but he didn't. So I was left with that as the last message from 10 o'clock in the morning till six o'clock at night. And I, by the, I had cried at work because I felt something's wrong. He went to LA and didn't tell me, oh yeah, I checked. Well, I was at work at my after school job. I check his Bumble and it says, Tom is traveling. He's offline from Bumble. Check back when he gets back. So now my basically all the blood drained from my body because I realized he left, never told me he was leaving. We had tentative plans to meet that night and he never said a word to me. And he hadn't even texted me once on his trip. Nothing. Like what is happening? So at 6.15, I cannot take it anymore. And I sent him a text and I say, I guess you went to LA and I did the emoji with like the shrug and he says nothing. So I meet up with my friend, Tim, who I was going to, I said, can you meet? I need to meet you because I need to talk. He's like a girlfriend to me. I mean, I've known him for so long and he's a really good friend of mine, even though we've had, we have hooked up a lot in the past, but I'd say in general, we, that's, hasn't happened in like 10 years, but he did just go through a breakup. And I know he always kind of like, I did talk about him on a podcast recently where I just wasn't feeling it. He had me over and, you know, wanted to like, I could tell he wanted to hook up, but I didn't want to. And I just wanted to get out of his place. I've talked about this on a podcast anyways. Um, so I say, can you meet? And it was so like, I, he said, yes. So we met and I saw where I saw him at this restaurant, I literally just fell into his arms and started bawling. Like I cried to my mom on the way over there. I said, something is so wrong. And he never responded when I said, you know, it looks like you went to LA. So as I'm there with my friend, Tim at 
this restaurant, I keep checking my phone. Both Tim and I haven't eaten all day because he's going through a breakup with his girlfriend of three something years. She moved out actually, and he's feeling awful about it, obviously. I haven't eaten because I don't know what is going on with this guy. It was like I was on such a high and now it's like everything feels weird. So while I'm out with Tim, while we're getting, um, I think we literally drank, I think I had a glass of wine and we shared like artichoke hearts and we barely even ate them. We were both, we both didn't feel good because of like all this shit going on, the stress. He sends me a text finally at like 9.30. Oh, it's like three hours later, three hours. And he's like, this is not his normal at all. And he says, sorry, yes. Um, it's such a nightmare what we do for our kids. That was all he said. Like I was supposed to meet him that night at his place. So I literally um, just wrote nothing back. I'm like, and Tim was saying, don't respond to him. I'm like, I'm not, I can't. So um, I decided, I might have to make this a two-parter. This is long. So um, <laughs> um, I say to him, uh, I didn't say anything to him. So I've finished my night with Tim. I say goodbye to him. I go home. I feel horrible, but I feel like I have some power now because he wrote back to me and I am not responding to him. I'm not saying anything because this is just so weird. I guess it's over. I guess that's it. Cause like, this is just bizarre. You like went down to LA and you like, didn't tell me like we were going to hang out. Like what happened to all this like amazing chemistry and this communication, all that. So the next morning goes by, I get up and I, you know, this guy has texted me at like six in the morning to say good morning. I get to work. It's nine 30. I've still heard nothing from him. At nine 30, he texts me and says, good morning. Just with a, a good, that's it. No, no sunshine, no kiss, no nothing. Just good morning. So I write back an hour and a half later. Cause I wanted to give it some time. I just write good morning. I'm dry as fuck with him. He goes, ha ha ha. Like something about like, well, it's not really morning anymore. He's trying to be funny. And I'm just like giving him nothing. Like I'm barely giving him anything. And he writes, I missed you yesterday. I'm like, huh? Me. And I write the, you know, that emoji where you're like, Hmm, really? You know? And he says, well, yeah, we barely talked. We didn't conversate. And that's not a word. We didn't have a conversation. We didn't, um, um, converse is the right word. But anyways, he said, we didn't conversate. And, um, and I said, well, yeah, I didn't want to bother you. You seemed really busy. So I gave you your space. And when I did write to you, it took you three hours to respond. So I have to say, I'm pretty confused right now. And it doesn't feel like it feels like something's really off. And he said, it took him a while to respond, but he said, don't be confused. I'll do better. He said, I get really consumed when I'm helping other people and I get really involved in their problems. And he said, I get sporadic and distracted and like all of these things. Like, so I'm like, okay, maybe that's all true. But that was like literally the whole day we'd, when we'd been texting nonstop for days and then all of a sudden it was just nothing. So he sends me a picture of a DMV screen zoomed in where he's got his height. And I made him stand in the mirror at the police department or the fire department to prove that I was taller than him, even with him in firefighter boots. And I was, he was, um, literally, I gotta check my phone. Okay. I've got enough power on everything. Okay. He was definitely like an, I'd say an inch shorter than me, 
with me in tennis shoes and him in his firefighter boots, I said, you are not 5'11". And he goes, yeah, I am. So he, that was like a like something we'd talked about at the firehouse. So he sends me a picture of the DMV screen and it says 5'11 for height. Like it zoomed in on the screen. Like, first of all, why are you at the DMV in Los Angeles getting a new ID or whatever? Like that's what a weird time to do that, right? So I'm thinking, I've got this weird feeling that he's not in Los Angeles. Like I'm just like, this was made up to avoid me. Like this trip was made up to avoid me. So I don't bring that up though, but we have, um, so we got over this hump of me feeling like he avoided me and I, and he said, nope, it's not like that at all. I'll do better. So we got back on the flirting train and everything seemed fine. And I said, so when are you, when are you coming home? And he said, I'll be home tomorrow. So, which would be yesterday, which was Thursday. I said, okay. So 7.15 yesterday morning, he sends me a picture. He says, good morning at 7.15. It's a picture of like looking towards the ocean. It's a rainbow. But if you zoom in in the picture, you can see signs that say Pebble Beach. And I'm like, you're back? And he put ha 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 ha. I was like, what the fuck is that? I said, so you didn't go to LA. I said, you know what? Games. I said, goodbye. Like I was already feeling like things were off. Like I'd been on such a roller coaster ride. And at this point I was just pissed. And he said, no games. Um, I got back in last night at 1140 and passed out. And I said, well, like in my head, I'm like thinking, well, if we were texting back and forth around 637 last night, that means that you were driving home and you should have said, I'm on my way home right now. But you said you were going to be home tomorrow, which led me to believe that you'd be driving on Thursday, right? Doesn't that make sense for those of you that are listening to this? And he says, well, for all intents and purposes, he said, "Um, I'm here today, even though I drove home last night. So technically, I'm home today. So that like, okay, right, whatever. But like, typically, if you say you're coming home on Thursday, that means you're driving home Thursday. So I just let that go. But it felt that felt weird to me. So he keeps, he asked me a dumb question, like what my favorite Easter candy was. And I was just like, what? Like why the dumb questions? Like, you know, I don't even know. So I, I let that go. That was the same night as the, um, mm, oh no, that was, yeah, wait, what is today? Friday? I don't know. I think it was a a Wednesday night question. Anyways, I answer and like hours later and I just sent him an emoji or a gif of a guy eating peeps like slowly and annoyed kind of. And he thought that was so funny, but that was me being annoyed with him because again, the conversations were getting like, I don't know. It wasn't like he seemed interested in, well, he had again mentioned nothing about the LA trip and like me meeting him down there. Like there was no word of that. There was nothing about him saying we should hang out. So finally I said, you know, I, he goes, he goes, do you even want to talk to me anymore? He goes, are you, am I understanding that you even want to talk to me anymore? I said, okay, I want to feel that you want to see me. And as far as I feel at this point, it feels like you just want to text me and I don't want this to be a texting relationship. So you either want to see me or you don't. And I said, and it should be obvious that tonight, meaning last night, Thursday night is the only night that we have, um, the same night off together because you start your shift Friday morning. So, and then you're going to be on all weekend. Then you're going to be gone to LA all next week while I'm off. And then you're going to come back and be on again for that next weekend. And then I'm going to be back at work. So like, what are we looking at? April 17th before you even have like a night off with me again, you know? So he says he, 
he says, you're right. I didn't even realize that. Thank you for pointing that out. Nothing else. I'm like, okay, you have nothing else to say. So I'm waiting. I don't respond to that. And he finally says, what are you doing tonight? And I said, no plans. I said, look, and I'm thinking in my head, he's afraid of the HIV. He's afraid. So I said, look, I just want to spend time with you. If you want to play the guitar for me, I want to get to know you. I just want to spend time alone with you. We can keep it PG-13. I don't care, but I just want to hang out with you. And he says, I'm an adult. I don't need PG-13, which I was like, oh, that's cool. Okay, good. And he goes, and I agree. And he goes, okay. So I tell him I can be there by 7.30. I need to leave around 9.30 from your place because it's a long drive back. It's like 40 minutes and I need to be up early. So that's my plan. So he says, perfect. So I go, go on with my work day yesterday and he, all of a sudden out of nowhere. And again, there's not a lot of texting yesterday. He sends me a message and he says, um, this is the longest day ever. And I'm thinking because you can't wait to see me or because you are trying to like make it so that I don't come over because you're so tired. You know what I mean? I'm thinking this is like an early excuse. So I, I just write, why is that? And he put, he just writes back just is. I'm like, all right, well, that's great. And so I think I'm just, I'm just going to get away from that conversation. So I say to him, do you live in Carmel or Monterey? And the next thing I know, an address pops up that he sent me. I'm like, okay, that's it. That's where I meet him. So I get off work that night. I get all ready. This is last night. Now I got to try to condense this. Jesus Christ this is a long story. So I get in my car and I'm like pretty excited. Like this is it. I'm going to get to hang out at his place. We are going to get to spend some time together. We can do some like fun old making out. Maybe we'll have sex. I don't know. I'll bring condoms if he's worried, whatever. But I want to get my hands on him and I'm excited. So I drive down there. It is a gorgeous night in Monterey and Carmel. And I unfortunately did not know this until the next day, but the address part of his, like the number part of the address that he sent me wasn't, um, attached. Like it didn't have the line underneath it for the link. So it didn't actually go to, uh, that address on Google maps. It just went to 17 mile drive, which is what the address was. It was like a four numbers and 17 mile drive. And if you don't know 17 mile drive, it's a super, super wealthy area of Carmel Valley. You have to pay to actually go in there if you want to drive, unless you've got like proof or whatever that you're going to visit somebody or you live there. Otherwise it's like 12 bucks to like drive on 17 mile drive. So you have to pass like a toll booth. And so I go in through the Spanish Bay toll, like where the Spanish Bay Bay end is. And I go in through that toll booth. I'm so nervous because I said, what do I say to the person at the toll, toll booth? And he said, just tell them that you live there and that you're driving your daughter's car for spring break. So I drive up and I tell the guy that um, I'm, he asked me what address I'm going to. I give him the address. He said, he goes, hmm. So he goes and looks it up on his computer right there in the booth. He said, well, I don't see that one. He goes, but um, you look fine. I'm, you can go. It's fine. I'm like, okay. So first of all, they don't ask you like about your car that you're driving. So that was weird that he said that to me, but whatever. So I get in there. I'm passing Spanish Bay. The sun's coming down. It is a gorgeous. I'm in such a good mood. I can't wait to see him. And I do not understand where the map is telling me to go because I don't even realize at this point that it doesn't, it's not associated with an actual address. It's just saying 17 mile drive. So it doesn't even know where to take me. So I call him and he answers. And so I spend the next 20 minutes on the phone with him trying to figure out how to find him. And so I'm still, of course, my map 
thing is all messed up because I didn't, again, realize that it hadn't picked up an actual address number. It was just picking up 17-mile drive. So it keeps going ding, ding everywhere I drive around. And he's tell- he knows the streets really, really well. There's like a street named Lopez, there's Ronda, and there's something else. There's like three main streets in that, like in the whole span of like this area plus 17-mile drive. And he's telling me, go left there. He He understands exactly where I am. But at some points where I'm like, do I go left or right? It's taking them a little while to answer. And I'm like, there's people waiting for me to go like at a four-way stop. I'm like, do I go left or right? And he's like pausing. And I'm like, like, you know exactly where I'm at. Like, why are you like making this hard? You know, I'm thinking in my head. So I pass a fire department on 17 mile drive as I'm coming toward the other end of 17 mile drive where the um, other drive-in like station is where there's like a man standing there where they take your money and all that. And he goes, just don't go out of 17 mile drive, but it's dark at this point. It's pitch black. And I can't tell whether I'm getting back on the freeway. There's a round, there's two roundabouts. It's like a figure eight roundabout. It's so goddamn confusing. And I'm like, oh my God. I said, well, I just passed your fire department and he didn't say anything. I'm like, yep. That He goes, yeah, that's it. That's his, he didn't say, yeah, that's it. He just said, he, you know, that was his fire department. So he said, I'm okay, I'm outside now. I'm just going to try to meet you over by the gate at 17 mile drive. So I am now on highway one again. I have to get off an exit, go across the freeway, come back. And he goes, are you back on 17 mile drive? And I said, no, I'm getting back on the roundabout and I'm hoping I can figure out how to, and then click the phone goes dead. And prior to that, he told me that he would, he thought he had low bars on his phone and my phone was fine. And so I feel like, okay, well, I just lost reception. I lost him. So I'll just go to the toll booth guy or whatever. And I told him my situation because he'd already seen me once. He said that address didn't exist. The one that was given to me because that doesn't, that's not on 17 mile drive because we don't have that number. Like this guy was an older Asian man and he probably had worked at that booth for a long time, but he said the address didn't exist. So I'm like, huh. So I pull, but he says, go ahead and go in and and just, you can pull off to the side if your friend's going to meet you. I said, yeah, he's going to walk over here, but it's weird because this is a very congested, not congested, but it's like an area where pedestrians shouldn't be walking, but I didn't know where else to go. And now we're not connected on the phone. So I pull over into this, like just off to the side as much as I could. And I call him and it goes right to voicemail. Three times I call right to voicemail. I wait for 15 minutes. I text him and say that I'm on, you know, like the side right by the toll booth. I'll just wait for you. And now it's like 8.30. (laughs) I was going to leave at 9.30. It's pitch blackout. I don't see him anywhere. I've, you know, I'm calling him and it's going to voicemail like right away, immediately. So I don't know what that means. If I'm being transferred to voicemail, if his phone died, I don't know what. So I just start thinking, oh my God, I have been completely scammed. Like I have been like, this was a joke. This was a total joke. Like he had me come all the way out here, 40 minute drive, driving around in circles for like 35 minutes. And then he just hangs up on me. So I am pissed. And I thought, you know what? I'm going to start driving home. And if he calls me, I'm going to say, I don't know what else to do. Like meet me. Like if he called me like, and I was even like 10 miles away, I might've come back. I start driving away. I call my friend, Tim. I'm telling him what happened. I wait till I get all the way home, which is 45 minutes later, because I didn't want to jump the gun and say anything to him because I didn't want to look like I was, you know, jumping to that conclusion that he was being shitty or something. But by the time 45 minutes goes by and he is still not 
responding in any way. And by the way, on the phone, he seemed fine. He seemed fine. I didn't notice anything off. He was easy to talk to. He was giving me directions. I was in a great mood. I definitely, you could hear it. Like he definitely knew I was in a great mood. Um, so I, um, get home and then that's it. I sent, I said, that's the meanest shit ever. Like I left him a voice message through his phone. And I said, look, I work really hard and I don't have a lot of free time in the evening. And you just wasted my energy, my night, my gas, you know, for what? Like, what was this all about? Like you gave me a fake address. You had me like on a wild goose chase on 17 mile drive. And then you just dropped the call. And I'm like literally on the side of the road where it wasn't even safe where cars are flying by. Like you left me in basically a really unsafe situation. And and that's it. Like, I can't, I said, I don't, I don't even know how to describe somebody like you. Like, I didn't know people like you exist. Like, this is like, I knew it. You did not go to LA. That was made up. Like, you definitely were trying to avoid me. And I basically had told him, you know, that morning after the rainbow picture that I was done. Like, I unmatched him that morning. And he was the one who reeled me back in and said, I will do better. Like, I'm sorry. Like, it's not like that at all. So it's like, why did you reel me back in and suck me back in if you didn't even want to meet me? Like, what was that all about? I have no idea. It made no sense. So he never responded to anything. And I sent him, I sent him, oh, and also he dropped a pin for me. He said, I'm dropping you a pin. When I got home and saw where the pin was dropped, it was in the woods in Carmel. You zoom in and you're just basically in the middle of the woods. I'm like, so I screenshot that and I said, you dropped a pin in the woods. You're a piece of shit. Like, what the fuck? And some people thought that maybe he was trying to lure me into the woods. I'm like, no, no. He was just putting a pin somewhere where I could never find where it was because he was definitely not trying to like meet me. So the next morning, which is this morning, I look up that address and it is Cal State Fire. That's the fire department that I drove by. He gave me the address to the fire department where he works. But he told me he was sending me to his house. So like this didn't make any sense. So what was I going to do? I, when I told him that I was passing the entrance to his fire engine station where he worked, because I it was a different place than where I'd met him the day before, two days before. He just said, I said, is that where you work? And he goes, yeah. And I was like, oh my God. I'm like, okay. So that's where you work. I was like all excited. He never said, oh, pull in there. He didn't say I'm waiting there. He didn't say anything. So I, it, it wasn't that he was trying to meet me there at all. So I said, I, you know, screenshotted the Google, you know, address this morning and sent that to him. And I said, you were sending me to your fire station. Like this was so cruel and I'm recording a podcast and you just interrupted. Okay. Is everything okay? Okay, bye. I just got an interruption from my daughter. I said, this was so cruel and um, something else. Inconsiderate. Like, you're just the biggest piece of shit, basically. Never. It's the end of the day today. It's been... 24 hours since this happened and he has not said one word to me, nothing. So I did a Google search of him. He's not married. 
that all at that all checked out checked out i found his last name because he hadn't given me his last name i'd asked for it because i said you have all my stuff on social media when do i get to see yours this was like a few days back and he said well i don't have anything on social media but he goes um he just didn't give it to me for whatever reason so now i have his last name um it checks out that he has three kids um i found his the date when he got his divorce finalized in 2018 so like that's real um, so I really don't know why he did this. I have no clue why he did this. Um, if it was to avoid me because of my HIV status, then why did he kiss me like that? Why did he continue to bring me back into it when I was freaking, I unmatched him yesterday morning and was like over it. Like, why did he bring me in on this wild goose chase just to drop the call and then just never respond again? So anyways, that's it. I do not know what to make of this. I think it's crazy. Everyone, like people are chiming in on my close friend's story and stuff like that. And they think he's a psychopath. Um, some people think it's his HIV status. He definitely is not married like that. Some people have thought that possibly. Um, I really don't know what to make of it. And I, I think, yeah, I don't know. And like, I've checked my story now that I know his name and he definitely hasn't looked at my story. He doesn't, I don't think he would even think of doing that. So it's not like he knows about, cause I had talked about him basically on my Instagram story. I think it was Monday morning. I was so excited about him. And I thought even if he saw it, I didn't care because he seemed so cool that he would be fine with it. Cause he was so like positive about my, my advocacy. So I wasn't worried about him seeing it basically. Um, so yeah, he, um, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what to make of this, but it, it's just a head scratcher at this point. Um, I don't think I'll ever have an answer. I don't like, I'm not obviously, I really like last night was more about just seeing if there was still honestly a physical attraction once I saw him away from the fire department. So I never really got to do that because I got duped into like this trip down there and didn't actually get to see him. So yeah, that's my story and I'm sticking to it. Um, I don't know if you have any good ideas, um, write them in the comments and let me know what you think. But he checks out as far as his job and everything he told me. Uh, the only thing that doesn't check out is that he probably didn't take that trip to LA. That was probably a bunch of bullshit. And he basically was gone the exact amount of time that he was off his shift that week and which gave like, and then he like basically made it so that we couldn't meet last night. Um, oh, my daughter's calling again. No, I just told you I'm doing <laughs> a podcast. So anyways, I'm going to wrap this up because I have a feeling I've got some messages and, um, yeah, I need to go check those and I need to check with my, my, um, my date tonight. I'm, I'm going for a slumber party. So anyways, that's it. Let me know what you guys think. But I tell you, this is just crazy. I could not find one thing wrong with him. Um, what I just said, he, after the fire department date, I could not believe how nice he was. I was like, this is the nicest guy ever. And then he turned out to have like the biggest red flag in the whole world. Like I just, I really, it's so disappointing and makes me think that there are just no good men out there. Like it's really, it's unreal. And again, I don't know if it has to do with my HIV status. If he's, if he's afraid of me, then how did he make out with me so much? Like I would think like that would have scared him some. Does he not know about condoms if he's scared? I mean, I, I don't know. Like, dude, you could have gotten laid. Like, I don't know what you were afraid of. So anyways, that's it. I'm going to go. Let me know what you guys think. It's crazy. All right. Goodbye, YouTube family. I'm going to hang up now on here. Actually, I'll hang up on my, my uh, 
recording on my podcast first. Goodbye, you guys. Have a great week. Sorry this was so long, or maybe you like it that it's so long. I don't know. This might be a two-parter. I don't even know what I'm doing at this point because it is really long, and it might be like a nightmare to upload. Oh, my God. My battery's running low. Okay. Gotta go. Love you guys. Bye. If you'd like to be notified for any of my upcoming podcasts, be sure to subscribe. If you'd like to help this girl out, then please rate, review, and share my show. Thanks, guys.